Welcome to This is Type 1, real-life type 1 diabetes with your hosts, Colleen and Jesse. I'm Colleen Mitchell, and I've had type 1 diabetes for 25 years. I'm a life coach, author, and speaker. I also work full-time as a process analyst in the power industry. I'm passionate about type 1 diabetes education and showing others that this disease doesn't define me. I'm Jessie Tuggy, and I've had diabetes for nine years. I love hiking and painting. I'm looking forward to working as an engineer after I get my degree in college. My diagnosis has inspired me to take control of my life and my future, to learn everything I can about type 1 diabetes. Each week on the show, we'll talk about real life with type 1 diabetes, bring on cool people with connections to type 1, and above all, encourage you to understand that this disease doesn't have to hold you back. This isn't medical advice. This is life with type 1. Welcome to episode 122 of This is Type 1, real-life type 1 diabetes with your hosts, Colleen and Jesse. Today we're talking about how to prepare for holiday meals, and kind of really holidays in general, when you have type 1 diabetes. Our first holiday episode came out about two years ago. That was episode 15, and today we're revisiting some of those tips. I have the win this week. On our drive back from Idaho a few weeks ago, my blood sugars were really nice and stable. Sometimes road trips will mess up my numbers, so it was kind of a nice change to just see a mostly smooth line for the nine-hour drive. That was nice. Jesse, what's your fail? All right. I finally got sick in college, which really sucks. But honestly, I'm the last of my friends to get it, so I feel kind of lucky in that sense because it hadn't hit, it didn't hit me as hard as it did with them. I mean, yes, I did sleep through a couple of classes on accident just because I was so exhausted and your body knows what it needs, so just listen to it. But yeah, I tried to avoid it as much as possible, with, but with stress kicking in, living with hundreds of people in the same building and not getting enough sleep, I, I, did, I did get sick. Like, don't feel bad about sleeping through classes because my husband at one point slept 17 hours and he missed at least two labs. <laughs> <laughs> it was fine. <laughs> No. I right, still graduated. Third. It's all fine. <laughs> I'll have to keep that in mind. What's your hack? So the hack this week is a throwback to episode 15, and that's to use extended boluses or dual wave boluses to deal with foods that are both high in carb and high in fat. Now, typically we use these types of boluses for pizza, but they work really nicely for holiday meals too. I know on the old Medtronic pumps, there was a feature called Square Wave, which basically let you do a huge, like a huge temp basal for whatever period of time you wanted. Tandem doesn't have that. And I'm not sure about the new Medtronics, but that was kind of a, a neat feature for holidays back in the day. All right, let's get into the episode. All right. So between the two months of Halloween to New Year's, it's definitely the most stressful time of the year, also packed with holidays, which I'm sure we all love. But food is often the main event when it comes to having parties or going places. And as a type 1 diabetic, we often have to be really careful and plan ahead of time of what we're going to eat and how much of what we're going to eat to know how to manage our blood sugars best for each situation. But just planning for the blood sugars doesn't really address the stress. Because it's so stressful, heart attacks and strokes actually increase during November and December. And we need to be aware of that so that we can take steps to protect ourselves from this really kind of added layer of things to deal with on top of the layer of type 1 diabetes. So the first tip is to have a plan. Think ahead to what's 
what's coming in the next few weeks, especially if you're listening in real time when this drops right around Thanksgiving, or if you're listening to this around any other holiday during the year, just think about where will you be going? Who will you be around? What kind of precautions do you need to take or what plans do you need to make before all of this hits? Like, Do you know you're going to want dessert during the holidays when you normally don't have dessert? Plan on that. Make a planned exception from your normal diet. And I'll talk about planned exceptions momentarily. All right. So finding out our menus ahead of time. Generally, people know what they're going to make. So go ahead and ask them what they're going to be making or setting out for people to snack or eat or have meals for. Usually, if your family doesn't know what they're going to be making ahead of time, go ahead and ask them. And then it gives you a chance to sneak in why you need that and why it's so important to you. And it gives them a chance to go ahead and start thinking about that and let you know some ideas. I mean, if some things are surprise family traditions and they can't tell anybody, just, again, reiterate why. And if you just ask, be open about it. Also, same goes for events. Like if you have, like, at least for school events, I know generally they'll put like venues on their web, on our school's website of what's going to be ha- being given to our, the students or faculty or whatever. And you can go ahead and look up online of like what's going to be there. And then you can go ahead and like look at Calorie King if you don't know the carbs or when you get there, you know, it's going to be it there. You can go ahead and compensate for those based on prior knowledge of like, of like if it's a cupcake and you know how much cupcakes are off the top of your head, you can go ahead and kind of like adjust for that. That also applies to if you go to any holiday parties, if you're like at a company that does holiday parties, you can request the menus in advance. Or if you're going to like a conference for some reason during these next couple months, you can always ask the conference organizers for the menu in advance. I do that all the time. And usually people are pretty accommodating, especially if you have dietary restrictions like vegetarian or keto. And even if they can't accommodate that, that gives you that knowledge ahead of time to make plans for what you can bring with you if you need to. Yeah. And you can always request special foods too. Like if you have something in mind that like a substitute instead or talking to like your boss or whoever's planning the event and just being like, hey, do you mind if we also include like a charcuterie board of just cheese and meats rather than all bread and pasta or something like that? So it would be more inclusive for everybody. And generally people are really accepting to that and they'll kind of work with you and stuff like that. And if need be, very last resort, go ahead and bring your own food. Like it, it might come off as a little bit weird, but rather make sure you're taking care of yourself over just accepting what's being given to you. And it also gives you another chance to explain what diabetes is to people and why it's so important for you to stick to your own itinerary of food, stuff like that. Itinerary of food. I love that. I might use that later. <laughs> so talking about planned exceptions. This is something we covered on episode 15, but we're just going to review it here because it's such a great concept. It's actually a strategy that Brooke Castillo talks about on the Life Coach School podcast, and it's something that I use in my coaching practice for weight loss clients. It's basically instead of quote unquote cheating with your favorite foods and your favorite drinks and then feeling terrible about it later, either emotionally or physically, because food and drink, if you're not planning them properly, can they can definitely affect you both ways. So instead of that, you make what we call a planned exception. These are are really specific and they have to be made or like best practice to make them 24 hours in advance. 
So that just means you can't have a planned exception on the same day that you think about it. It's like having the urge to, to eat cookies and making the plan to eat cookies exactly 24 hours later instead of I'm going to plan to eat cookies in two hours because by then, I mean, that's that's not enough time to give yourself a little space between you and that urge. It would also kind of be like going to Thanksgiving dinner or Christmas dinner. And then when you're there, deciding that you might as well have some pie because it's Thanksgiving and you deserve it. Now, a planned exception would be the day before Thanksgiving, writing it down, like consciously deciding exactly what extra thing you're going to eat or drink, how much of it you'll have. And then when you get there the next day, doing exactly that. And you don't have any more than you already planned. So if you put down one piece of pie, don't eat two. (laughs) Or if you plan to have one little mini bottle of wine because you found them at Winco and you thought they were adorable, don't drink two. I actually did find really adorable single-use bottles of wine at, at Winco, and I bought them because they're adorable, and I'm totally planning to have one on Thanksgiving. So for kind of an example of a planned exception... Think about the day before Thanksgiving. You might sit down and decide that you're going to stick with what you normally would eat otherwise, except for like a single slice of pumpkin pie with a dollop of whipped cream on top. This will help you plan how you're going to deal with the blood sugar spikes instead of spending all day dealing with constant highs. Now, this can also include just planning to have a regular Thanksgiving meal. Typically, a planned exception shouldn't include the entire day, but if you want to have like an entire Thanksgiving dinner, then you should plan for it. Just do it in advance. Don't like trick yourself into thinking that, oh, I'll eat normally for everything that I'm going to have like on my normal meal plan and then just have the pumpkin pie. And then when you get there, you're like, well, crap, I forgot how much I love turkey. I'm just going to load my plate with all these amazing things. So a few important rules to remember for planned exceptions is that it should be planned 24 hours in advance. It should be specific and limited. It can't be for like a whole week, like a vacation. Just do if you're if you want to do a whole day, do a whole day. Even better is getting it down to a single meal to a single dish. That'll really help with mind management. So a note about planning for entire days. That can lead to falling back into bad decisions later, not just on that particular day. So if you think about it, if someone who wants to stop over drinking plans an entire day for a drinking exception. They might spend all day drinking and then feel like they lost so much progress that there's really no point in trying to get back on the horse afterwards. This can apply also to your food. This is why limiting it as much as possible really helps because then you're not feeling like the entire day is ruined, therefore your entire week is ruined, therefore your entire plan is ruined. So the planned exception is really about just getting it down to a manageable piece and uh, giving yourself the benefit of not freaking your brain out with with such such a big change to what you normally eat. Next up is stress relief. So there's three main pieces to this. It's to be prepared, preempt stressful situations, and then take a moment to slow down. So being prepared just means to kind of know what to expect going into things. Like if you know you have an aunt or a brother-in-law who just rubs you the wrong way, go in prepared for that. And that kind of follows with uh, preempting stressful situations. If there's something you can do ahead of time to make it less stressful for yourself, maybe asking people ahead of time to like not do certain things or to make sure they ask you something or not ask you something. You can let people know your boundaries ahead of time. So like if you don't want certain topics being discussed at a family dinner, just be go ahead and text that in the group chat and just be like, hey, can we now talk about these specific things? I don't think it would lead to a, a wholesome family 
setting. <laughs> we actually, and, yeah, we did that yeah. a couple of years ago. We kind of set some ground rules so that my sister and my brother-in-law wouldn't get into a fight and it worked. <laughs> yeah. See, just being able to be like, no, we're not talking about that. Or even just mentally preparing yourself to say no to a topic or kind of like a conversation you might not be having or <laughs> a bunch of my friends and I are kind of concerned about we're we're starting to get in that age where parents and grandparents are like oh is there a special someone in your life oh any kids along the way so we're all like together we've all mentally prepared for those kind of conversations and just mentally preparing yourself for that like oh what are some questions they could be asking me? Or, you know, if they do bring it up, what's going to be my response? Or just being like, I'm 19. I'm not ready for children, which is perfectly normal and perfectly acceptable. And just being like thinking about those things kind of like ahead of time and unstressful. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. It's like coming up with predetermined responses for all of the possible things that could be brought up, like all of those. But especially with, with diabetes, I like at, at past family events, there was at least one or two people who came sometimes who would ask me like how my blood sugars are doing and how my diabetes is and can you actually eat that? And I'm like, oh, oh boy. <laughs> so having those, those planned responses ahead of time and remembering that no, or it's not like none of your business are perfectly acceptable answers. Just be polite about it. Don't get confrontational. And then the last part about stress relief, taking a moment to slow down is just to remember, don't be in, our, in such a rush because a lot of times we we look forward to this holiday season so much throughout the year because of what it represents for us, whether it's culturally or traditions in our families. And then it just blows right past because we're trying to deal with everything that's happening instead of just slowing down to enjoy it and deal with all of the things that come up with our blood sugars along the way. All right. So alternate basal profiles. So we've talked about these a couple of times before. These are very good tools to use if you're expecting to go into like bigger meals or having a long period of time where you know your where you know your blood sugar is going to be high because you're going to eat something or do something that's out of your routine. So if you don't know, if you don't have auto mode or auto blood sugar corrections on your pump, like Colleen and I do you can go into your pump and create a basal profile, a temporary basal profile that you can increase your basal rate for. So it's just your background insulin being upped a little bit more. So in case you like accidentally don't as much as you should for something, or say you're going to eat something and it's the same amount. And then you go on a walk and your blood sugar is still like going up because of that thing that you ate that wasn't in your routine. So the alternate basal profiles can kind of help that background extra blood sugar too and kind of help you get more in a controlled like range. And it might be good to have too, just like on Thanksgiving Day or like on Christmas Day, you guys have like a four-hour window where you just munch on food and you should keep track of everything you're eating. But if you don't, then it's a good opportunity to try and try those tools out and maybe you have like an extra five or 10 carbs before dinner because you're eating like a piece of fruit. Well, that extra little basil can kind of help with offsetting. 
Another important point with this is if you change a, a certain setting or if you change your profile, you'll want to remember to go back and turn it off after you're done if it doesn't turn off by itself. There was, uh, I think a couple days ago, I put exercise mode on my pump and forgot to turn it off when I got back from going on a walk and my number ended up going high for a few hours. So there can be some unintended consequences if you don't set reminders for yourself or just remember to turn off the things that you've changed, especially if it's after the holidays. So talking a little bit about routines, in general, the less variation that you experience, the easier it is to manage your blood sugars. There's a principle from Dr. Bernstein's book called The Diabetes Solution, where he talks about the law of big numbers and the law of small numbers. So if you have like a high number of carbs and then you counter it with a high uh, bolus or high injection of insulin, you're going to get really big swings. But if you have a low number of carbs and a low injection of insulin or bolus, then you're going to get lower swings. That's just the, the law of big and small numbers. And if you have like bigger numbers during the holidays, that's going to introduce a lot of variation and, and probably increase the stress. So for me, at least keeping all of those variations pretty small really helps keep my blood sugars in check, including with wake up times and going to sleep times. If you keep a regular wake up and a regular bedtime, even on the weekends, even through vacation time or school breaks or like holidays, it can really help. Like the more consistent you are, the better that you can handle those kind of big weird days like Thanksgiving and Christmas. And that helps with your blood sugars. I've found that if I sleep past my regular wake up time, then I might actually go low or I could go high depending on like how long I sleep or when my morning basal goes up to help with dawn phenomenon or what like what my normal thing is. I have my basal profile set to, it's basically set for I wake up at four o'clock a.m. every day. And if I know that I'm going to sleep in a little bit, I change my basal profile. I have one for 5 a.m. So if I sleep in for an hour, then I have a basal profile that covers that. But I have to remember to change the profile ahead of time. So that that just helps me manage those variations. You can have other tips for yourself. It's also important to stay consistent with your eating and your exercise. So I know we, we have these big exception days like Thanksgiving and Christmas. And if you know ahead of time, again, what you're going to eat, that can make it easier. But it's a good idea to not use the holidays as an excuse to set everything aside for two entire months and indulge. That's not healthy for anyone, including type 1 diabetics. So we just want to like say no to that. All right. So with that, we're going to go into self-compassion, which I do struggle with. <laughs> Most diabetics, we do struggle with this when it comes to like blood sugar management and like Oh, my blood sugar is high. I guess it is my fault. No, it's not. It's not always your fault. It's okay. So when you have your own diabetes fails during the holiday season, don't beat yourself up about it. The ups and downs are a part of normal life. And one mistake today doesn't mean that the same mistake is going to happen tomorrow. And it certainly doesn't mean you're a failure. Like I definitely have to keep reminding myself about that. Like getting sick is normal getting high blood sugars just randomly because of stress is normal for diabetics. And we just have to be, just remember to be nice to ourselves because we do, we're not like everybody else who's got a perfectly functioning pancreas and can just eat whatever they want and, you know, just go about their day. No, we're not that. 
we're still all like even 10 years later still trying to figure out what diabetes is and changing bodies and blah 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 so don't beat yourself up about it stuff happens in life and it's not the end and remember that over 42 different factors affect type 1 diabetes like the the whole insanity spiel if insanity is the definition for doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results but that's exactly what we have to do especially during the holiday season because things are gonna get weird next up is considering every day as its own day so like each day is a new day Every day is a new opportunity to to take what you've learned from yesterday or like previous days and apply those lessons to today or tomorrow. So you can take whatever lessons you learned from Thanksgiving and apply them to Christmas. Like write down your insights so you don't have to relearn them next year. Because we tend to do that. We don't actually remember what we think we're going to remember. So if we actually take the time to write down what we noticed about a particular holiday or a particular meal and then make plans to change what we do for the next time, that can really help, even if the circumstances change. So you might find that doing something for Thanksgiving didn't really work. And if you tweak it a little bit to see how it works for Christmas, it still might not work. But that's okay. You're still learning. That's what experimentation is about. Taking each day as it comes really goes hand in hand with not beating yourself up over mistakes. Each day or each hour, if you need it to be, is a clean slate. You don't have to take... I guess, bad decisions and use them as an excuse to just throw the whole whole day or the whole week away. We also like talking about keeping supplies on hand. So you've heard us say this quite a lot, but really keep your supplies with you. You really don't want to drive to your holiday destination and then realize when you get there that you should have brought a pump site change or some syringes or an extra sensor for your CDM. It's a really good idea to keep your primary bag like backpack or a purse stocked with diabetes supplies, including full sight changes, sensor changes if you need it, alcohol swabs, syringes, maybe an extra pen, extra test strips, and especially insulin. And if you need to, you can get like a, a Frio wallet, so like a little cooler that you can just like dunk in water and it keeps your insulin cold. In a pinch, you can actually withdraw insulin from your pump reservoir with a syringe, which is pretty handy since actually most pump reservoirs and cartridges don't actually use up all of the insulin. So there's always a little bit left, even if it says zero units. Pro tip for, <laughs> for the tandem pumps, if it says you're at four units, it will like turn off your whole thing. It's really dumb. Or it may, actually, it's when it gets to zero units. It's like, change set, change set. But if you did like a syringe withdraw from there, there's still like maybe 10, 15 units in there. It's kind of weird. But as always, straight from the vial or straight from the pen is always better. And uh, you'll have enough for a site change if you bring a vial of insulin with you anyway. The same goes for low snacks. Like always, always keep low snacks with you. Uh, if you make it to a holiday party without your supplies, your low snacks, you kind of end up taking mental energy to calculate if you'll be okay without it, or if you need to turn around and go home. So Please, I beg you, always choose the safer option. Like, if I need to go home from a holiday thing because I forgot my supplies, I will probably feel like an idiot, and I probably won't make that mistake twice. But sometimes the best teacher is experience. Now, we, we really hope that this episode helps you prepare for the holidays, especially the food part. Just remember that you alone are in charge of your diabetes. Even if you have a healthcare team, you are in charge of what you do for your diabetes. And you 100% get to ignore or politely shut down anyone who tells you how to do your diabetes. 
because only you know how to do your diabetes. All right, the spotlight this week is on a recent article on Diatribe by Sarah Czar. She wrote a pretty great piece called Navigating the Food Police. The short blurb for the article reads, Misguided questions such as, can you eat that? from well-meaning friends and family can feel infuriating. Sarah Czar shares how she responds to misconceptions without getting defensive, but by fostering open communication. You can check out the full article in the link in the show notes. Jesse, what is our question for the audience? All right. Our question for you guys today is, what is your favorite holiday food? How do you manage your blood sugars around? Please let us know in the comments or DMs on Instagram. We'd love to hear from you guys. That is it for this episode of This is Type 1. You can find the show notes at inspiredforward.com slash episode 122. That's the number 122. You can apply to be a guest by visiting thisistype1.com. Our music is by Joseph McDade. Are you ready to feel better with type 1 diabetes without changing how you manage it? That means not really having to change your diet, your exercise, any of your medications, routines, anything like that. Watch the free video on how to do just that at inspiredforward.com. I'm on all social media as at inspiredforward, and our email is colleen at inspiredforward.com. And we have our own Instagram page. Woohoo! Awesome! Yay! The handle is this is type one pod. That's the number one. So if you do look us up on the serum, please make sure to put that in. I'm personally on Instagram as well. And my handle is at JJ underscore crystal K-A-T. So please feel free to send out questions or comments you have about the show or about diabetes. And yeah, let us know that you're out there. Love to hear from you guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Be sure to listen next week for another episode about real life with type one diabetes. Remember, you control your diabetes. It doesn't control you. Hey, if you like what you're listening to on this podcast, you have to join us in the Half Dead Pancreas Club. It's my private community where you'll connect face-to-face with other people with type 1 diabetes, get personalized emotional support, and learn how to handle anything T1D throws at you. Join us over at inspiredforward.com community. I can't wait to see you there.